Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Real and Raw with your host Helen Derbyshire. Now before I start I'm going to say you may hear a few baby noises because I have Belle next to me who's discovering her voice recently so um, you might hear a few cries, she's looking at me now um, but I thought you know what it's a motherhood blog, why not? Um, it shows you the real and raw life so Anyway, let's get stuck in. So today I'm going to be speaking about the real and raw truth behind breastfeeding. And I don't think anyone really gives you the honest truth about it. I feel like there's so much pro breastfeeding everywhere. You know, when you start to look, you don't really look at the negative sides of breastfeeding because why would you um you just look at you know tips and things like that for breastfeeding when you're pregnant um in a hope that you can breastfeed if that's what you choose to do um and i feel like it is really like quite pushed onto you um by midwives by hospital um and by social media you kind of see it everywhere and a lot of other mums as well um i did want to start well i did breastfeed but i did always want to um breastfeed and I never really had um, a time frame on it I just knew after doing my research I was set myself when it got closer to birth I just want to give my baby colostrum and anything after that is a bonus um, I made it to eight weeks breastfeeding so I'm so happy with that I'm so proud of myself but now I'm not breastfeeding and I'm exclusively formula feeding and I've seen the other side of it and now I can compare it I wanted to share some of the things that I struggled with and just the reality that I don't think anybody prepares you for um, and that is how tough it can be um, so you know when it comes to breastfeeding people think the hardest thing is getting your baby to latch now it is and it isn't for me I didn't really struggle um, I found the first two days I was in hospital I'd had a c-section so I had no energy like the first few hours after giving birth and the midwives was really trying to get me to do it and I was just so uninterested because I was exhausted and um, I, I ended up not having the best latch for like two or three days until my midwife came to see me and then we fixed that and it was fine Um, it was extremely painful in the beginning but not necessarily sure that was just down to the latch or just like at the sharp burn when your milk comes in and things like that so I don't even really want to touch on kind of the latch and all that kind of stuff um I want to kind of talk about the mental side of it and how tough it really is and we set so much pressure on ourselves as new mums or you know if you've got children already um just becoming a mum there's so much pressure involved and I think breastfeeding really adds to that and you don't realize how much now, our breastfeeding journey was, um, well, it was actually combi feeding, but the ratios were probably about 80% breastfeeding um, from the beginning, basically. Um, as I said, you know, I had the C-section and I was obviously trying to recover. So we combi fed with um, the little optimal disposable bottles um, just so Chris could um, help in the night, just so I could get some rest. And then when I kind of recovered more, I just naturally gravitated towards breastfeeding the majority of the time. And then she would usually have like a bottle before bed um, and maybe one in the middle of the night just to kind of get some more sleep. Um, and that's kind of how we started. And then I think that's it stayed pretty much like that until about weeks five going into six. And Belle just got very, very fussy and people are like oh it's because you can't be feeding no it wasn't it was because 
she was getting so frustrated by the letdown. The latch was no problem. There was no nipple confusion whatsoever. It was purely down to um, the letdown. She was sick of waiting. And what was happening is she was getting so frustrated. And obviously your milk um, is a little bit more reduced in the evening. Like your milk supply is a little bit lower in the evening. So um, she would be hysterical. And can you imagine? You're already quite hormonal when you've had a baby on top of that you've got your baby like screaming at you and they're screaming so much that they can't even feed and I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and I just sit there crying sometimes because I honestly felt like my baby was refusing me and even now it like makes me upset thinking about how I felt at that time um it was so so tough and I don't even feel like you can explain to your partner what it's like because they obviously see how stressed you are how stressed the baby's getting and they just you know want the best for you so they'll say why don't you just give a bottle but then you you know well now I know that that was the, the probably the right thing to do but at the time I just didn't want to quit and I'm so so stubborn that it was just making it worse so I knew how like it was she was refusing it because she was just so uh, impatient and she was so hungry going through a growth spurt going through a leap so it was just a bit of a recipe for disaster and I was just trying it trying it trying it more and she was getting more frustrated I was getting more upset and then the option you know the last option was giving her a bottle so I felt like I gave in even though you kind of just like don't recognize well hang on she's just been screaming you've been crying um, it's probably the right thing to do it was really hard for me to let go and I don't actually know if some of that kind of struggle came from like with the when I had the c-section I kind of struggled coming around I was like really cold and I was shaking and I was a bit sick so I just passed out when I came out of the room and they put the, her onto me and I literally couldn't I just said like can you like can you take her out of bed I'm going to drop her like I had no sense of um like touch or anything I was so out of it so I don't know if like because I lost like four hours of bonding like I didn't do skin to skin like I thought I would have and I didn't get that bonding time right away and um, so I think I struggled after a few weeks kind of with that bond um because when you're breastfeeding there is like a bond like no other like you're feeding her from your body you know it's insane um so I'm just concentrating because Belle has now started putting her fists in her mouth but um there's a bond like no other and um I just found it really really uh, you know it just made me so happy that I could just do that solely for her but at the same time it was the thing that kind of got me down the most um the fact that like I said that only I could do it meant that only I could do it which was tough so the benefits of it like the positives were also one of the negatives and it was so hard you know when you you're just doing it all you know you're feeding and sometimes it could be up to 45 minutes of feed and then they could be hungry again within an hour and you're like wow what am I doing wrong and I totally understand about the cluster feeding that happens around day four um and can last like a few days um ours lasted about two days uh, and that is when your milk comes in and then your baby's trying to get your supply up so it can match their appetite and things like that. Um, but cluster feeding kind of like continued quite a lot for us. Um, so if I breastfed her, which I was, you know, favouring like the majority of the time, I kind of, I would go some days, like three days without even giving her a bottle. So I was really favouring uh, breastfeeding and it, she just would not be satisfied sometimes in like, Again, especially in the newborn days when she was maybe like two, three, four weeks old, I could go out like 40 minutes after feeding her and she'd be hysterical in the pram. And I'd be like, whoa, 
and it would really like stress me out. Um, and I would always take like an emergency bottle. So I was kind of, and then I'd waste it. So it was kind of like defeating the purpose. Like, you know, I'm wanting to breastfeed, but then I would have to give her a bottle sometimes if she was really, really hungry because I just didn't quite feel comfortable, you know, breastfeeding in public. Um, that sh I just, you know, I'm not against it at all. Just for me, I personally don't feel comfortable. Um, I, I'm just very much a private person and I don't care about anybody else's opinion. So it's not that. Um, so I would just take these emergency bottles out with me and then I would feel kind of even worse for giving it to her. So breastfeeding as a whole was just a little bit, you know, um, it put me in a bit of a negative headspace. Well, not a negative headspace. It made me feel very stressed and very overwhelmed quite a lot of the time. Um, and then, like I said, that week five to six where she was just so hysterical. Um, I just, like, well, it was actually Chris who said to me, why don't you just give her, like, every other feed is a bottle and every other feed between that is a breastfeed and see how you get on. Now, it was so hard for me to kind of accept that. I was in my head like, he doesn't understand, uh, you know, it's so hard. And it is hard to communicate how you're feeling because it, you're not thinking rationally, you're thinking very much emotionally. Um, so it was quite hard for me to get that across and why I found it so hard. And I did and listen to his advice and doing every other feed. And it was so much better that next day. And she was like going between four hours between like um, a bottle so it really just allowed me to have a bit more structure in my day because when I was breastfeeding the majority of the time I had no structure because I had no idea when she was going to feed and I was quite on edge like I'd go for a coffee and if she started stirring in the pram I'd be like oh my god she's going to get hungry and sometimes I'd just go back home and I just thought to myself when it got to that kind of like six week point I can't really live like that it's it's just too much and at this time I was really wanting to throw my head back into work so I just knew that I couldn't keep keep up with this but still I still didn't want to let go because again the stubbornness in me and also the emotional side I just didn't want to let go um but anyway so I was doing every other feed so we were doing about a 50 50 split and um it was working great and then we did that for about a week or so um and then I think she started again with the refusal and then it wasn't even in the nights it was uh in the daytime and then I just thought oh god right okay I'll do a bottle this time then I do the breast the next time so it could have been back to back bottles for example and then that might have worked for a few days and then I ended up uh, instead of doing bottles in the night which meant me getting out of bed making a bottle sitting up um I would breastfeed her in bed so I would kind of lay on my side and feed her and stay awake and it was just much easier for us to both fall back asleep sometimes she would fall asleep with me um, so we would like almost co-sleep for say two to three hours um, and then all right you know if I was still kind of had the energy I'd put her back into you know if I knew she was settled I'd put her back into a cot um, but that was great because I didn't have to exert too much energy um, and I found her feeding quite well um, through the night and then I, there was maybe a few days where she was going longer between breastfeeds and bottles so I was like okay I'm going to get back into the swing of things and then she started refusing breast in the night and she would, she never wakes up in the night and she would scream in the night. And I was like, wow. So when you're sleep deprived and you've already had a bit of the kind of pushback from her in the day with the breastfeeding for it then to happen in the night, I was just like, wow. And then I think she started this um, grunting um, through the night about two, two weeks ago when she was about seven or eight weeks old. And 
so I wasn't getting any sleep between the feeds um, and then she would just grunt and I was thinking oh wow so what is wrong is it is there something with my milk is you know is she is this what is wrong with her what else am I doing wrong and it was that kind of attitude and I really struggled to see myself and my breastfeeding journey from kind of a rational pers outside perspective and I just was so emotional with it and was just trying so hard because you want to do so much and you, you know you see breastfeed like it's just portrayed to be uh you know you should do it and then I was discussing my story a little bit about that five to six week mark on my Instagram and then obviously people are um helping and giving advice that oh if you want to continue your breastfeeding journey do this do that so then there's more things for you to do um and you know why don't you see a lactation nurse and all these things so you think oh god I have to do all of this and then it becomes you know such a huge task um that you have to try and cross all the t's and dot all the i's about uh, successfully breastfeeding so it just got really overwhelming it just became another thing to think about um so that was like for a few days and then that weekend of you know when she was grunting all week that weekend I went to uh, the Lake District with Chris and we just had two nights baby free while she was with my mum and obviously she was uh, bottle fed for the for those two days Oh, bless you. <laughs> She's just sneezing. Um, she was bottle fed for those two days. And my mum was obviously updating me. And she was telling me how great she was sleeping. And I was just like, oh, wow. And anyway, people were telling me on Instagram, oh, you need to express when you go away. And um, your milk supply is going to dip when you return. And, and that kind of stressed me out as well. And I got there and I took my breast pump. And I never felt the need to express. I didn't have engorged breasts. And I think that is purely down to the fact that I was combi feeding. So um, when I returned, I actually didn't notice any dip in supply. And I managed to feed her over the course of like the next three days after my return about six times so like two to three times a day because I gradually just started to reduce it a little bit because I knew I felt like it was coming towards the end of our breastfeeding journey and then lo and behold like on that third day it was just hysterical screaming and she would not feed at all ever from me and I can't remember the last time that I breastfed her um, it wasn't a last time kind of moment I just had to accept it and then it wasn't easy but I feel like gradually over the three weeks between the fifth week and the eighth week I kind of got used to it and started to really understand that do you know what this is really draining me mentally um, and I need to stop putting so much pressure on myself and that pressure wouldn't go away unless I stop breastfeeding I personally don't think I think I would have always had that and that whole um, like being unable to plan anything um, so anyway so we started exclusively bottle feeding and literally within about half like about four days she got into a routine and she'd not been into a routine for well for over about eight or nine weeks she'd not had a routine so for her to get into a routine after like one week of switching to formula I just couldn't believe I hadn't done it sooner and the mental side of it and the letting go of breastfeeding just kind of slowly diminished and I stopped like stressing about it and now obviously I'm doing this podcast and now I can hear myself out loud and what I'm thinking and saying about my breastfeeding journey and how I'm encouraging people to just do whatever the hell you want to do um I, I this is not how I felt like a few weeks ago I really really struggled and I'm going to be really honest like I would cry about it you know and I'm a very positive headstrong person but I really got myself so worked up I wouldn't say I got myself down about it it was more of a I would get super anxious about 
the feeds and then if I gave her a bottle because it was just, she was just refusing point blank I would then have like guilt and I don't know why because I tell everyone like fed is best um and we, t we hear that like from everyone so but I still feel like there is a lot of pressure on breastfeeding and I think it then comes down to that bond that you have with your baby um but they do say like if your baby can get colostrum great if you can make it to four weeks amazing if you make it after that absolutely fantastic um because you know more of the nutrients and things like that is all in that colostrum it, they say it's like liquid gold from um from birth so uh if you can do that fantastic but if you can't and you just don't want to breastfeed that's fine as well um bell is absolutely thriving um and she couldn't be happier um but there was one thing that i should mention as well is um we she had quite a lot of wind and newborns do anyway but colic peaks around week six which coincided with her being very unsettled so we thought hmm, maybe her, she has got colic so we started using infocol which is a colic drop and um, there's others on the market as well uh, before every feed along with kendamil formula which is absolutely fantastic um and then because this kendamil formula it's not a special formula for like any stomach issues or anti-colic or anything like that it's just that good of a formula because it's so pure um and then we were using the infocol which was almost like binding like kind of preventing her from going to the like doing dirty nappies so that is where the grunting came in and she was getting so frustrated because she obviously couldn't go to the she couldn't she couldn't poo <laughs> um it was just making her so unhappy so uncomfortable and as soon as we dropped that infocol continued the kendamil and continued exclusive the formula feeding she is unbelievable in terms of like routine she sleeps great the last two nights she has dropped her 3am feed so now she's sleeping through i'm not sleeping through because mums as you know you don't really ever switch off or stop listening out for your baby and if they kind of make a few noises like they start to stir you're up like that you know but um you get to know your baby and know what their hunger cues are and she's just not been um seeming like she's hungry and just maybe just needs a little bit of soothing maybe put her dummy back in and that kind of thing and wow i can't believe the contrast because when i was breastfeeding she could be awake like every hour and a half two hours maximum three absolute maximum i can't remember many nights where it was three unless i gave her a bottle before bed and then she would wake up three three or so hours later but if i did a breastfeed it would be like two and you know can you imagine i was going to sleep sometimes i was staying up to like midnight just so i didn't have as many wake-ups through the night um but other times i'd kind of go to bed with her at half ten um and i'd be literally woken up at like half twelve two o'clock half four it was always like that you know like two two and a half hours so can you imagine three or four wake-ups a night uh was quite intense whereas now in the space of like a week and a half to two weeks i'm not even having a wake up in the night like she's not waking up for food she never actually wakes up in the night and she i don't think she ever has um she just kind of wants feeding so she's still asleep or still really really drowsy um but the game changing thing is dream feed now i couldn't have done this with um breastfeeding because they're asleep so basically a dream feed is where you you put them to bed say for example bell goes to bed at uh 7 30 she has a bottle about seven um and then about 10 10 30 i will top her up with a dream feed where she's still asleep and i take her out the cot and um, feed her very very lightly burp her and she 
doesn't really bring anything up because she's, you know, there's not she's not gulping in much air because she's basically asleep. Um, and then you put them back to bed. So you know you're getting an extra, for example, four, five, six hours after that feed, depending on if your baby sleeps through the night, which Belle has started to do. Um, so it's, it's an absolute game changer. And like I said, I wouldn't have been able to do that with the breastfeed. I didn't have any luck um, expressing. And you know what? I'm actually glad I didn't express now when I think back because I hear a lot of uh, stories about... Um, expressing you're creating oversupply um, and then your breasts are becoming engorged like feed to feed um, especially if you give an express bottle your um, you know your your boobs are missing that feed um, so they become engorged and you can get mastitis and it just sounds like absolute hell to me um, so I'm kind of glad I didn't express and if that meant that our breastfeeding journey could have continued a little bit longer if had I have expressed well I didn't actually have much success um, expressing. I would sit there for 45 minutes at a time and get absolutely nothing out. I would follow all the um, to-dos that you know you should do. You should uh, do it when you're feeding your baby, do it in the night, do it in the morning, eat more food that gets your supply up. I would do everything. So on top of everything that I've just mentioned in this podcast, I had to start thinking about my diet and this and doing all these things to kind of make it better and improve on what I was doing and it and sometimes it didn't work so you I felt like a failure sometimes and when you're a new mum that's the last thing you want to feel like so I hope my real and honest approach about breastfeeding helps you and I, again this isn't a pro formula um podcast at all this is a pro doing whatever the hell you want and this is also you might have to let go of some of the preconceived things that you wanted to do when you was pregnant um, for when you give birth because your baby will let you know and your baby will guide you and you've just got to let that happen. Um, I, I, I wish I'd have heard a podcast like this or read something more about that kind of side of it just so I knew what to expect um, and knew the emotional side of it, not just the physical side of getting your baby to latch and this and that. Um, but it's not to say I won't breastfeed my future children. Um, I will still do, probably do the same. I will aim to get to around four weeks, eight weeks, something like that. Um, or, you know, if it ends up being longer, there's absolutely no rule. Um, if I end up not doing it at all, also fine. And I think that's the approach that you have to have to motherhood. Just be laid back in your approach. Whatever happens, happens. Take it hour by hour, day by day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and um, the next podcast will be, I will be joined by Chris. We've been promising this podcast for quite a while. Um, we was going to speak about relationships in the last one, but this time we're going to speak about like how to maintain a relationship as new parents. And I think it's going to be really insightful. Um, so stay tuned for that. We are aiming to record that very, very soon. So I hope it's not too long of a wait. But, but until then, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I would really appreciate if you subscribed and shared this podcast to anyone that this may help. And if you have any questions about anything I sp speak about, then just drop me a message on Instagram. I will speak to you all soon, guys. Take care.